Support for the Big O Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement today for all of your below-the-waist grooming needs. Use the promo code THEBIGO20 at checkout to receive 20% off your purchase, plus free shipping. That's THEBIGO20, gets you 20% off, plus free shipping. On today's episode, I am joined by one half of KISS 92.5's morning show duo, Mocha Frapp. We discuss Marvel's entries to the streaming game, Toronto's lackluster sports teams, and whether or not he'd create an OnlyFans account. All of this, plus much more, on the Big O Podcast. Welcome back for another episode of the Big O Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Ortiz, and today I am joined by one half of the greatest morning show to bless the airwaves today, a man whose laugh has proven to be the most effective vaccine to COVID-19, and whose beard will one day join the (laughs) likes of the French tickler, the handlebar, and the Fu Manchu mustaches as some of the greatest facial hair to ever grace a man's face. Yes, I am talking about Mocha Frap. Mocha, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be back on the podcast. Uh, I appreciate your support and everyone that listens to this show. And um, yeah, let's have a good time. We're going to have a good time today. It's funny because I uh, I listened to the podcast we did almost a year ago today. And it's amazing how much has changed, yet how much has stayed the same. We were talking Uh, about the early parts of COVID and all of the protocols that are, you know, happening for you to continue to do your morning show. And 365 days later, for the most part, our province is pretty much in the same state that it was back then, if not even further restricted. Over the last, over the last year, what have you learned from the beginning of the pandemic to where we are right now? Um, that the government has no idea what they're doing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, it's like so many things have been said and like, you know, asking us all to do our part and a bunch of us are doing our part. And it's like at this point now going into our our second COVID summer, it's like, my hands are up in the air. I'm like, I give up. Like, just, (laughs) I don't know, man, like whatever, like things are closed. I get it. I can't do anything. Um, you know, except again, do my part, uh, which is what we're all, we're all trying to do. Right. It's just frustrating, really. 100%. I mean, obviously we have elected officials that we put in charge to make the best decisions for us. And to be very fair, it's, it's not the easiest position that they're in. I mean, no, absolutely not very easy to criticize, but at the same time, like they're dealing with, you know, the, the lives of, you know, tens of millions, in some cases, hundreds of millions of people, and they're trying to do their best, but the government is, you know, doing what the government does and they play, keep their secrets close to the vest and they don't operate with transparency. And I think that's where we, as the people get a little frustrated because if we knew a little bit more we could understand why everything was happening the way that it is. But, you know, they like to keep us in the dark for many, you know, reasons, some good, some bad. And and because of that, I'm sure it's what's leading to a lot of the frustration that, you know, you and your family and my, me and my family and everyone across the country and across the world is still sort of going through right now. Yeah. I don't know. I think for me, some of the frustration comes from uh, people who like don't necessarily believe in, um, in what's happening. Right. Or right. like the people who are, are participating in the rallies 
to end the lockdown, which I mean, yo, end the lockdown. I, I want this lockdown to be ended more than anybody else as well. I need to get back to normal life just like everybody else. But, you know, it's like some of the I'm not saying it's all, but some of the people who um, who are fighting against this and fighting against vaccines and, and showing up to the clinics and like protesting and stuff like that, uh, you know, like some of y'all, it's like you are some of the reason why we're still in this position. You know, we're all told like uh, like we're all in this together. B.S. Uh, it's just, you know, again, going into a second covid summer, it's just it's it's just really, really frustrating when I've been asked to do my part for the past you know, 15 months now, and I have been doing my part, but, you know, I just, I don't see any progress. Although as of late, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, as of late, the numbers are going down and more people are getting vaccinated. So for me, at least it it, it seems like there's hope. Um, And hopefully by, you know, September, uh, we'll be back in to quote unquote, normal, normal times. You see it happening all over the world, right? all these places that were like three, four months ahead of us in, in everything. And you see the kind of lives that they're living and it's uh, it's great. It's, it's very, it's promising and, uh, and I'm hopeful, right? Look no further than South of the border. I mean, when you have States like Texas and Florida that at the early parts of the pandemic were being ridiculed about, you know, their maskless, maskless mandates and all of those things, they're opening yeah. back up. I mean, they've had sold out crowds and arenas for sporting events, for NASCAR, for whatever it is. They're getting back to normal life and they're oh, laughing yeah. while we can't even go and buy, you know, a soccer ball at our local, you know, store because everything's been locked down and everything's been taken away. These guys are supporting drinking beers, no masks. It is oh, crazy yeah. to think that we are so far behind a country that was arguably the worst during the height of the pandemic. Oh yeah, I saw um, I saw on CNN the other day. I think it was yesterday actually, because yesterday was like the first official reopening day of Vegas. And right. uh, at twelve oh one, it was like <laughs> plexiglasses were down inside all the casinos. You don't have to socially distance. I mean, some people were still wearing masks, but they uh, pretty much have like a no mask mandate. And uh, Vegas is back to normal. Clubs are open. The shows are happening. Um, the, 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 the tourism is, is starting to pick up again, which they're hoping will, will continue. Um, and Vegas is one of my favorite places in the world. Like this past, of course. you know, it 2020, I think it was, was the first year in, I don't even know how many years, um, that we, my friends and I didn't get a chance to go. So, uh, our, our kind of, our run at Vegas came to a halt when COVID hit. So it's, it's making me hopeful that, uh, you know, hopefully next year that I'll be able to make my way back over there. Okay, so you bring up Vegas and you talk about, you know, you and your boys getting out there. Oh, yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, pre-COVID, you know, 10 being like hangover, the movie, 1 being like, you know, just having fun going to bed at 7 p.m. Where does Uh, your normal... Yeah, where does your normal uh, group end up on a scale of 1 to 10? Um, I wouldn't say hangover style, like a lot of drinking. Absolutely. (laughs) Not like blackout drunk, but you know, the night, the night starts like, you know, drinks in the hotel at maybe nine, 10 o'clock, actually maybe even earlier because we usually do dinner first, um, and then hit wherever club or, um, do, you know, casino, we always end up at the casino at like two, three o'clock in the morning and we play until maybe about six. So the, the, the night ends when the sun is up and then we sleep, uh, 
for however long not long like we don't sleep the day away yeah and then just like kind of do things uh do things in and around vegas like the regular touristy stuff right like walk the strip stuff like that it doesn't get too too crazy but so we have fun so you're gonna return to vegas hopefully next year hopefully what are the stakes gonna be for that return trip to vegas is it like We've been pent up for two years and now we got to get it out of us. And we go from like a, a seven to like a nine or a 9.5 or, you know, is it- I, in my, my experience there <laughs> and testing out those different levels, I find that my uh, level of number seven is where is my max. I oh, like okay. to maintain, I like to maintain a seven. I like to have a good time, but I also like to wake up the next day remembering <laughs> everything that happened the night before. I've had too many Vegas nights where um, you wake up the next day and you're like, what, what did I do last <laughs> night? Where, like, I remember, you know, I remember the first part of the night. I remember having dinner and arriving someplace and then like, I'm waking up now. So like what happened? So there were some of those like hangover movie type uh, trips, but as of late, they've been hovering in and around the seven, which is good. Well, yeah, you're hoping not to have like a, a hospital bracelet on your wrist or be missing like a, a tooth, but maybe a duffel bag yeah. full of money that you can't explain. That's well, not a bad that thing. That would be that would be amazing. Are you kidding me? Yeah, why not? <laughs> All right. So, you know, obviously the States has opened up and Canada's slowly trickling behind. Um what would you say? You know, we we obviously we've heard the term hot girl summer, you know, all oh, over the place. You know, girls getting ready to re-release themselves out and, and have a good summer, right? That's what it's all about. Yeah. What would be like what are your expectations for the population of, you know, Canada, more specifically Toronto, you know, when COVID sort of finally lapses and we get our first official reopening summer? Like what what are you expecting? Um, I mean, I think you've kind of seen it as the weather gets a little bit better. People are still heading out there. They're still going to the parks. They're still hanging out on the streets. Like people are still going to do what they do. Um, I think it's going to be a great summer, I guess. Uh, But like the official like turn up summer, I think (laughs) once like things are fully, fully open, we won't have that kind of summer until like next year, like 2022. Like people are still going to have a good time and be out there um, this summer. I mean, people were out there like last summer before. (laughs) You know, before vaccines uh, were even were even introduced, they're only talked about and still being researched. Right. <laughs> so it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be pretty much pretty much the same. But like the real, real big blowout, I think, will happen uh, at some point next year. Yeah, I think summer 2022, we got Caravana, we got Pride, we got the, oh, Blue, yeah. the Blue Jays hopefully being at home. So that's like a whole yeah. other crowd. Raptors too, right? The, the Raptors. Uh, not just for summer, but like I'm just looking forward to like all sorts of different things like concerts and Leafs and like just being at a at a venue, whether it's a, a venue full of, you know, 20,000 people watching a show or a small you know, a smaller venue with like a couple hundred people, um, you know, checking out like their favorite independent band or something like that. Uh, it's that kind of stuff I'm, I'm real looking forward to, right? So you go to Vegas, let's say, with your boys and you win like a dream trip. You can go anywhere mm-hmm. in the world, two of your closest friends and see any mm-hmm. concert of your choice. You know, this is going to be the first concert you see post-COVID. Who are you yeah. taking? And what concert are you seeing and where are you going to see this concert? So if I, if I'm in Vegas and I win a trip, right. Can I win a trip back to Vegas? 
Sure, I'm the, or, sure. Or, or does the destination have to be somewhere else? Like I'm leaving. Like I win that trip and I got to leave Vegas. Let's let's leave North America. Oh, okay. I am going to like Cabo, and I'm gonna <laughs> okay. see Drake. Okay, that's what I, all right. I've been to like enough Drake concerts to know that just like straight up party. Um, so I'm gonna go, and I love Cabo. I've been to Cabo a few times before, and I love the weather out there. Like anywhere hot, really, I right. want to go. But it would be, it would definitely be to see Drake. Yeah, I can just see that right now. OVO times Cabo, and it's just like the lineup of artists that he's bringing with him is oh, just yeah. stupid. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I actually can't wait for that next like big Drake Toronto or Canada concert, well, especially Toronto, um, because I think he's, it'll be like the biggest he'll, he'll make all the phone calls he can to as many people as possible. And it will probably go down as the greatest OVO in, in history. Once he, he finally gets a chance to, uh, to do a show in Toronto again. I don't think there's a venue big enough for it though. Like to me, like the Molson Amphitheater or like Scotiabank Arena, even like yeah. the Skydome, there doesn't seem to be a big enough venue for when Drake does eventually hit Toronto with the OVO Fest. Yeah. Like, are we thinking like maybe Downsview Arena, like just had this huge, almost like festival style forum for Drake to bring back the OVO to Toronto, at least the first summer back from COVID. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think he could like, you know, those, those, um, those Molson Amphitheater, or I think it's not most an amphitheater now. What's it called again? It's called Budweiser, Budweiser stage? stage. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've been to all those <laughs> shows and like, I mean, yeah, it packs them up. Right. Um, I've been to, to the Scotiabank arena and like, he just like sells the place out. I think the, the bigger the venue, the more access you have uh, for, for tickets for people. Right. So I think no matter where he goes, um, I, I think it'll, it'll just, it will be a sellout. He could do definitely a two day, a two day festival. Um, again, with his first show back after after COVID, I think he could definitely do as long as he lines them up with um, a bunch of artists. Then uh, it, it'll be it'll be good. And I, I mean, Drake's got the name behind him, right? So like anyone he calls up, they'll be like, of course, like yes, I would. I think he's at the level now that if someone would find out that he's doing a two day a two day festival um, as he's done in the past, people are calling him to say, how can I get on the bill? Yeah, sign me up. Like let me get on yeah. that. On the Saturday night, let me let me open the show. Yeah. Um, all right. So when we last spoke, again about a year ago, we talked. You talked about you know waking up and starting your routine at about three a.m. because yeah. you obviously have one of the earliest morning shows. You go to bed around like nine o'clock, and you've developed this skill where you can basically just put your head to pillow and you knock out. Yeah. I have developed a similar skill. Of being able to pass out mid-sentence. However, it's usually at the most inopportune time at like 2 a.m. when my wife needs me the most to help with feeding our new baby. I don't <laughs> recommend it to other people because it could yeah, end don't. up with like a, a formula bottle thrown at your head. Have you ever been so tired that you're just either passing out in the middle of a conversation or somewhere that you shouldn't be like the living room couch when Jenna is trying to talk to you? Um, I could, I am so tired every <laughs> single day, like at any time of the day. Right. Um, I could pass out. Like if you were to just to keep silent right now, and if I were to close my eyes, <laughs> I would legit pass out in like the next 10 seconds. I could oh, sleep boy. anywhere, anytime. Uh, sometimes I'll be playing with my son and I will like shut my eyes for like a second and I could 
legit just pass out. Sometimes we're watching a show, like a, a Netflix show, uh, and I'll be laying on the couch and he'll just be on my lap and I will fall asleep almost instantly. <laughs> like as soon as I hit play on Netflix, I am done. So yeah, I'm tired. But like you mentioned the schedules, I'll tell you this, my schedule changed a little bit where I'm now in bed between eight and eight thirty, Oh wow. And then I wake up, I'm up at like two 30. And now that we're getting into, into summer and we're getting into the, the better weather, it sucks because when I'm packing it in for the night, the sun is still out. Right. Right. And it's still so nice outside. Like my wife and I could sit outside and have like a glass of wine or I could like sip on a beer or whatever at that time. But, uh, but for me, I'm like, I go to bed like 30 minutes after my son goes to bed and he's four. Right? <laughs> so we're getting to a point and, and, you know, I have no, there's no, there's no slowing down here. Uh, we're going to get to a point eventually where my son's bedtime is going to be later and later. And I'm sure at some point he's going to, he's going to be going, <laughs> he'll be putting me to bed at night. His bedtime will be later than mine. So You'll be like, uh, you'll be like, Cruz, did you do your homework? And be like, Hey, Dad, aren't you supposed to go to bed? And you'll be like, All yeah, right, exactly. Good one, son. Yeah. I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, completely. Now, Cruz just turned four just a little while ago, so this would have been his second birthday amidst the pandemic, and obviously, yeah. a milestone birthday—the last birthday before theoretically he would start school come September. Yeah. What are the emotions like knowing that, you know, he is getting older and he's starting school after, you know, four years of him being home with you and Jenna and getting all of this quality I time? I cannot wait. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> you're you're pushing him out the door with his lunch bags packed up. Oh, it is so crazy. Like if, if anyone listening right now, you know, if you have uh, if you have kids at home, I mean, you know what it's like yeah. kids at home and you have we have one, you have more than one. Right. So it's like nuts all the time. And like, just always wanting your attention. And my God, like, I love him so much, but he needs to get out there and, and, and experience the world with like other, other people other than, you know, my wife and I, right. Cause it really is like, we're all supposed to just be, uh, again, doing our part and staying away from other people. So uh, it's only the three of us plus the dog. Right. So, yeah. um, I can't wait for him to get back to school in September and to experience, uh, you know, other adults, right with the, yeah. the teachers that they got at the school and like other kids um so that's uh that's that's pretty exciting and this is one of the problems that has been the underlying issue of the pandemic and we talk about mental health not just mm-hmm. mental health of of adults or older adults but of children who don't develop social skills because they're not in school um, virtual learning doesn't obviously hit the same way. We're sticking our kids in front of a screen and they're not really learning the same way through touch and through play and interactions with other kids. And who knows what effects that's going to have for them growing up, not being able to develop social skills at such a, a young age. Yeah. You know, as a parent sending a kid to school, hopefully in September, you know, what, what would you like to see from the schools to give you a better peace of mind that your kid's going to be okay returning into the classroom um you know what i think the schools are going to be fine i think they've got everything under control they've uh they've done their part to make sure that the the environment is as safe as possible not just for the kids but for the teachers especially um and they've i think they've gone like above and beyond to be honest with you like i think the teachers uh, the educators are all doing such a great job that they they know that they're not going to do something that's going to screw up um that's going to screw up the situation or, or put anyone in, in harm's way. Um, so I think the school's got it all figured out. I think they'll be great. I think that um, they're still doing a great job with their resources 
and the money that they have uh, available to them. So I think that uh, come September, when hopefully everything is open and, and, and kids can all go back full time uh, every single day, I know that they've like previously announced a couple months ago that you're going to have the option in September, whether you want to do virtual or um, in in class learning. So I think that they'll they'll be in a good place, and I think that um, I think they'll they'll have everything figured out. Things will be things will be good at least. Um, you know, for my kid, my son, who's who's four, he is still very early for him to like. I don't know how much of this part of his life he's going to remember. Right. Um, so it'll be like a, a whole new thing for him. And I hope that uh, when he gets into JK, it's like a regular kid starting JK, right? He may have to wear a mask. I don't know what the world's going to be like then. Right. The kids are still going to have to wear masks uh, or not, but he's been wearing a mask whenever we're, we're outside um, now anyway. So he's used to it. He understands uh, why we need to wear masks. So uh, it won't, I don't, I don't think it'll be a problem. I think it'll be good. We'll be in a good place. Yeah. My daughter who turned four just, uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, mid May, she's looking forward to school. Like she understands like yeah. what's going on and she understands she can't see friends and family, but I picture her like first day of kindergarten, like Jack Nicholson in the shining, just like busting down the door. Like yeah. I'm ready to go teacher. Like, let me in. I've been waiting for this for the last like yeah. two years and I'm excited. Like I'm excited for her to get into to school to to see what it's like it's obviously way different than watching stuff on you know netflix like all like the the coco melon or the little baby bomb or all those information and and educational shows and to interact with kids who don't mind sharing with her unlike her sibling or yeah want to play together and play soccer or kick a ball or, or do whatever and for me as a parent like i'm i'm so much looking forward to that but at the same time I've spent quite a bit of time at home with my kids over the last four years. And so there's a part of me that I know that if I do drop off on day one, I might be the dad who sits in the parking lot all day till like three o'clock and just waiting to pick my kid up and yeah. seeing if I can see into the classroom. Is my kid okay? Is she crying? Who's bullying my kid right now? Um, yeah. Do you have any of those reservations at all? Like what are the emotions going to be like if you, well, you, you want to drop off, but Maybe to do pickup for for Cruz on his first. Oh yeah, day. I'll, I'll do. I'll do. I'll I'll end up doing pickup. I mean, you know, as much as I, I, I joke about like I can't wait, <laughs> uh, I'm sure that same day, like when I get home from work and it's just like my wife and I, um, and the house is completely quiet, I'll be like, oh man, I miss that little guy. Like I can't wait, can't wait to pick him up from school. You know? Yeah, I know it's it's a good time. I mean, it's it's something to look forward to. I know uh, I am, but at the same time, still scary. But yeah, as you say, I agree with you. you know, let someone else take care of my kid for eight hours for the day yeah. while we get a little bit of a yeah. break. Let me breathe. Let me breathe just a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Sit down, right? It's your problem now. Here's all yeah. the sugar. Um, 20, 2021 was obviously like uh, we're getting off to a little bit of a, a an interesting year. A lot of things yeah. are happening a lot of emotions are happening inside of Toronto. Um, number one, you know, Tim and Sid decided that they were going to take a little bit of a break from themselves. You know, Sid Sixero decided to leave Tim and Sid and move on to Breakfast Television to pursue a new chapter for his career. And when we experience split in our lives, we deem, you know, important. It's important to remember the times that we had, but it's also a moment where we can reflect. And so my question to you, you know, Tim and Sid went strong for, you know, almost 20 years. Yeah. If Ross and Mocha were to, take, were to take a break, 
Don't say it. What would Roz be doing and uh-huh. what would Mocha be doing? Um, I first of all, I don't see that happening <laughs> at all. It's a hypothetical. Um, it's a hypothetical. There's no think, reason to think what? it's going to end. I think I think Roz would continue with television because uh, if, if anyone doesn't know, he he he's, he rocks two jobs. Like he does the morning show uh, with me every day, and then right after that, he does. Uh, he's a host on ET Canada, so he does that right, uh, right up until like six seven o'clock at night. So I think he would still end up doing that. For me, I would still, I would still try to try to be in radio. I'd still try to do a show. I would still want to um, be entertaining everybody listening. Right? This is this is like this is my life. So I would still want to be behind the mic somewhere doing something, doing a show. Right? I think Roz would do great with like a HGTV show because I followed him through summer of 2020 when he basically re-landscaped his whole like backyard. Oh yeah. He's, he's, he's serious about that stuff. And he was, you know, using the different lawnmowers, the weed whackers, like all of these things. And I find myself as like a dad who's in another chapter of life, you know, as a young, as a young man, I probably wouldn't have cared at all. But the thing I got most excited for, for 2021 is we got to redo our backyard. I now have grass in my backyard. It is beautiful. It is green. I look yeah. forward to watering it twice a day, sometimes three times a day if I'm lucky. Yeah. And I even tell my kids, like, stay off the lawn. Daddy's just about to water it. Like, don't go on. I don't want you messing up my my beautiful greenery. Yeah, but this is my project. This is my time. You have your, your water table. I have my grass. Leave me yeah. alone and leave it be. Um, yesterday, my daughters were, like, ripping the grass up, and I almost – if I had hair, yeah. I would rip out yeah. my hair. Uh, <laughs> but – you know what? So what I want to ask you is, you know, from from being a young man to being a parent, you know, yeah. what is the what is the thing that you most enjoy as a parent that you never would have thought you would have enjoyed when you were a young man? Um, I think just being a parent is what I enjoy, like all aspects of it. Um, I I enjoy having conversations with my son and like watching him grow up and watching him develop and you know he'll say things randomly and I'll be like where did you hear that word or where did you learn how to say that sentence like you actually use those words in that combination correctly like I'm so proud of you right like I think just watching the the development of uh, of your of your child and just experiencing life and in, in that aspect and knowing that you have this 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 person that is looking up to you to guide them uh, through life, right? Whether they know it or not, uh, you sure as hell know it. So I think <laughs> that that that's you know that's exciting. Just watching the uh, watching the journey and experiencing that journey every single day. Yeah, I definitely am taken back anytime my daughter will pick different parts of like five different stories and put them together. And she really makes it sound as if it was one true event. Whereas like she's picking and choosing and we're super impressed and also super scared at the same time. My wife and I will like look at each other when she says something and be like, how the hell did she figure that out? Or how did she know that's what we were talking about? She is so on it more so than we could have imagined a four-year-old being on it. It is, it is crazy. And now you have like the emergence of like TikTok, and, you know, obviously YouTube is huge. Um, You know, are you into any of of these social media sort of trends? 
are you doing any of the dances for the radio show at least or is that all like just damn it more? uh no i i uh i'm still heavy on instagram heavy on twitter um i kind of got away from facebook a little bit and i i have a tiktok account i haven't used it i just got right. it just to grab the name uh but i haven't uh i haven't really done anything with tiktok i just don't you know there are people out there where like they do this like every single day you know yep. what i mean and i um i just don't have the time like i'm not gonna do a dance on tiktok like, i just don't have the time to dance for tiktok you know what i mean um it, it's uh but i i just use really just instagram and uh instagram and twitter i've always wanted to do um i have a youtube channel with like literally nothing on it but just again so i can could have a youtube channel and i've always wanted right. to to, to be one of those content creators. But again, it's just, I don't have the time to shoot stuff and then to sit there and, and edit it. So um, like I'm on YouTube, like heavy watching other things, watching other people, watching other creators and um, videos, like learning stuff. And uh, I just don't, I wish I had the time and I'm sure hopefully one day soon, maybe when my son goes to, goes back to school in September, I have a little bit more time during the day to uh, to dedicate to that kind of stuff, but I, it's it's just all it's all about time right now, and I just I don't have it as, enough of it right now. It is time to talk about below the waist grooming. It has never been easier to take care of your package, and thanks to Manscaped, they have all of the necessary tools for your family jewels. Let's be honest, the last 18 months have been tough on everyone, but as we begin to return to normalcy, it is time that we ensure that when we finally unveil ourselves, we are looking and feeling our absolute best. Nothing says I came to play like a clean cut workspace. Ladies, if you didn't receive the Mother's Day gift that you wanted, take control and get your man the tools to succeed so he can take care of your every need. With Father's Day just around the corner, Manscaped has got you covered with the best precision engineered tools. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team have perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever with the Lawnmower 3.0. This third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower and one of the coolest features is the led light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming when i tell you this is premium i mean premium the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave if you're watching or listening to this right now i want you to click the link in the description and experience it for yourself firsthand that's why Manscaped is offering 20% off and free shipping when you use the code thebig 20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping. Just click the link in the description below and head over to manscaped.com. Make sure you use the code thebig 20 Your balls will thank you. Okay, so I have I have an idea. Uh, okay. A suggestion and maybe a question all intermingled into one thing. We talked about, I talked about TikTok being a huge thing in 2020. It's obviously continuing yeah. into 2021. There was also an emergence of another platform that came okay. out in 2020. And this one is paying their creators some serious dividends depending on how many subscribers and users tune into their specific channel we'll call it 
Oh, yeah. I'm talking no. about OnlyFans. No. No. If Anybody you were to, to this, if <laughs> if you if if you were to start an OnlyFans, what kind of yeah. content would Mocha be putting out? Oh my god. <laughs> um zero. Nobody wants to see this. OnlyFans <laughs> is for like, you know, a specific thing and trust me, I don't I don't have the goods to provide the content for what people go to to OnlyFans for. Absolutely not. Nope. Nope. I don't have an account. I don't even, I've never used OnlyFans to be honest with you. I have no reason for OnlyFans to be in my life. Good answer. That, that was a, that was a good <laughs> answer. But, but to be fair, there are some uh, gaming creators, content creators that are putting out content on OnlyFans that are not what 99% of, you know, what people are using it for yeah is out there but so i mean again if you similar to your youtube if you were to work on a project and say now i got a little bit of free time now that cruise is in school you know what kind of content would you like to put out on your youtube channel like what kind of things are you going to film that you can sort of begin to work on and and hone your craft um i think it would mainly be things like my daily routine things like that um some behind the scenes stuff of uh doing the radio show um a lot of home stuff like uh you know if i'm building something for the garage or building something for the house kind of like my process step-by-step process of of that um just various things like hanging and going for walks like hanging out um doing like photography shoots stuff like that I'm, i'm i'm very big into photography i love taking photos like going out in into the city and and grabbing grabbing pics of stuff um so it would be a lot of a lot of that stuff kind of like my what my portions of my day kind of capturing those okay so my pitch to you and knowing a little bit about you i'm thinking like reaction videos okay yeah okay so hear me out these are good this is not like only fans we're going down a, a different road here um Obviously, huge Star Wars fan. Oh, right? absolutely. Like, you're big into Star Wars, huge Marvel fan. We saw that with your love of WandaVision, Cap- Captain uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Obviously, Loki's yeah. about to drop in just a couple of days at this point. Um, yeah. What if we created or what if you created a reaction to either trailers or special announcements on some of these projects because i know like i said huge star wars guy huge disney guy with marvel yeah i think some of your reaction videos would be incredible again two to three minutes don't have to take long to shoot it but you're giving the people what they want and that is seeing you react in the amazing way that you do yeah but like to some of these that's things. the thing though like that's the thing though like would people be interested in that kind of stuff hell yeah they would you know because because there are so many other reaction videos out there (laughs) reaction videos to um to trailers reaction videos to music videos that drop reaction videos to reaction videos which is absolutely (laughs) insane like i don't know like i've seen like view counts on some of these reaction to a reaction and it's like oh my god like how (laughs) how how deep into this are we going to get and then even with some of the reaction videos that i have seen it's like okay how many of you are doing this giving that reaction because you know it's going to be posted up on youtube or tiktok or wherever right i I feel like people still go a little bit too extra like i watch trailers and i enjoy them and i may have like a like a holy crap moment like watching something but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go overboard 
just for the likes, you know what I mean? Just for the, for the subscribers. And again, I just feel like that space is kind of like saturated with, um, with people who are either underwhelming or, um, or exaggerating a little bit too, too much. But here's the thing. You already have your built-in media. Like the way you are on the radio, we already know the reactions are amazing. And I'm just yeah. – like close my eyes. I'm thinking number one moment I'd want to see your reaction to is Captain America defeated in front of Thanos and here in Falcon on your left. Then we see all of the Doctor Strange portals open up at the end of Endgame. Oh, yeah. Right? Like are you, are you telling me that that reaction would not be – an amazing video to capture. Oh, so I'm sure yeah, in the moment but, you would have killed it. Yeah. But like, I mean, every, you know, for trailers, let's just say like every trailer <laughs> would have to be at that level to get my reaction. You know what I mean? What was the trailer I watched just the other day? Um, there was one. Yo, let me look at my YouTube history real quick. <laughs> Hold on. There was one actually that I, that I watched the other day and I was like, I had one of those whole, like I cannot wait to see this. Hold on, let me see. Um, it's not this one. Not this one. Oh, what was it? There. Oh, the new Mark Wahlberg movie, uh, Infinite. That okay. one looks dope as hell. So uh, that one I had kind of like a. Oh, and then on Netflix is a movie coming out or a TV show. I think it's a movie coming out called A Classic Horror Story. Okay. And um and and the trailer for that it's really really simple but there's like one thing that happens in it and I kind of cringed a little bit. So I think uh, depending on the trailer you'll get a different reaction. Um right. I would say most of the reactions might be a little <laughs> underwhelming but um uh, but definitely yeah I mean if I were to go into that space I don't know how how popular it would be based on the other creators who are doing that kind of thing. And some of them who are like really, really known for that kind of stuff. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, I right. thought, I thought I would ask cause you know, I love your reactions to things. I love the IGTV videos that you guys post up from the morning show. They're, they're incredible. The laugh. Oh, thank you brother. Appreciate is electric. That. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Marvel. Obviously Marvel has been killing it in the movie oh, industry yeah. for, for quite some time. And then they finally ventured into getting into some television streaming shows. We've had two. Yeah. There's I, there's like 12 Marvel shows releasing over the next like three years. What were your thoughts on WandaVision? You know, a lot of people weren't thrilled, didn't really get into it until episode four or five. But what are your initial thoughts on how important um, WandaVision is? And, and did you like it? Uh, I definitely liked it. Obviously, like everybody else, was like really confused by uh, the progression in in each episode, and they were short enough that I, I think that the the episode length for each one was absolutely perfect because people would have got bored if they right. were any longer. Um, and there's obviously an explanation for for everything. Um, what I did, what I usually do with, with all these Marvel, uh, movies and or TV shows is as soon as I finish watching, I head straight to YouTube and I watch like one of the explanation videos. So I think that, <laughs> so I think that like I nerd out like that heavy, right? So when I watch like, especially with WandaVision, I found it helped. Like I would go watch one of those nerdy explanation videos and I'm like, okay, so that's why that happened. And, um, I, you know, you obviously know like more is, is coming and then eventually, sure you know, more, it was all, all explained and that really amped up the show. 
And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And then Falcon and Winter Soldier was just like next level, completely different. Um, it was basically like watching a Marvel movie. And yeah. I, I just love the, the, um, the attention to detail and that they didn't scale back on any of the action or any of the, the effects. Like they still kept it at that Marvel MCU level for for the fans and even for like people who are just joining that universe now so that there is um there's that um like sameness between watching you know falcon winter soldier and then going back and watching like infinity war or watching civil war or anything anything like that like it's all at the same level it's great it's what i'm definitely looking forward to the i'm looking forward to the loki show too that looks so crazy I think they're using their platform in such an amazing way where you can now yeah. have your know, huge blockbuster movies, which Marvel over the next like three years are putting out like at least three every single year. Yeah. And now you have these shows that are going to supplement that with some story, uh, some background characters, furthering yeah. the story of the old main Avengers. Like we're going to get a Hawkeye series. It's going to be amazing. Armor Wars is going to be great invasion is good uh, secret invasion is going to be amazing like they've got a whole yeah. lineup of incredible things then you have like the connection with spider-man as we get yeah. ready for the third and final spider-man at least of this trilogy altogether in the live action spider-verse style movie yeah they're what do you killing think? what do you think of those 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 shows on disney plus like what do you think of wandavision I I loved WandaVision. I I trusted the process from the beginning and said that this is all going to lead up to something. And I knew that they had, you know, Wanda was going to be in Doctor Strange. So I figured that it was just going to set that up. I knew she was a, an yeah. important character. We're going to get from where we need to be to where we are post Endgame. So I believed in that cap. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier completely agreed with you. It was like a, a six-part movie basically yeah it was i thought it was really well done i mean they didn't you know hide the fact of of who was going to be you know the main bad person and and, you know how you know carter is gonna you know be the the new baddie somewhat um i but i don't expect it's not an m night Shyamalan movie i'm not expected for the the twists and turns but i i love what they've done i'm extremely excited for loki because every Disney show that we've gotten from Marvel has been different. And I think Loki is going to just further improve on how different it is from oh, yeah. the two shows. Plus, when you have star talent like Tom Hiddleston coming in and doing like a seven-part or six-part show for Marvel, yeah. like you get the buy-in. Sure, you're throwing millions and millions of dollars at these actors, but you're going to get a great product one way or another. Oh, yeah, and of course. I'm, I'm super excited for that. Also super excited Cobra Kai is one of my favorite shows. Like yeah. I'm, I'm no spoilers. Deep. I haven't finished the, uh, the latest season. Okay. So I'm deep into <laughs> Cobra Kai. Um, yeah. the thing I love about Cobra Kai stays true to the, the history of the show, as well as bringing in a younger group of actors for the newer audience. Are you sure. familiar with the karate kid series from back in the day? Uh, the series, like the movies, like the movies, absolutely. the trilogy, like yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, the movies, absolutely. And I think they they did such a great job with um with the with the the the. I mean, it started out on on YouTube, but they're all on on Netflix now. But they did a great job with the with the TV show because you have 
the um, the role reversal, you know, the, the villain becomes the hero, the hero becomes a villain, but they still have the same personality traits that they did in the movie. So, at you know, in one episode, you'll still be rooting for uh, for Dane, you know, Daniel LaRusso, whereas the next episode, you're like, man, this guy's a real asshole. And you want, you know, you want Johnny to win, right? You want him to be the the hero of the episode. And, um, and and it's really, it's really interesting how they've been able to kind of switch those roles, but give those guys still the exact same personality that they had in the movies and the, the, the personality traits that we all kind of like either fell in love with or, or hated. So um, your, your, your attitude towards each one of them changes from episode to episode, right? It's really interesting the way they did it. Yeah. I've always been team Billy Zapka. I've always been Johnny Lawrence is the real karate kid. And I mean, there's a huge rabbit hole, a reaction or explained video of why Johnny is the actual karate kid. Daniel LaRusso is actually the bully. Don't want to get into it right now, but I love the (laughs) fact of how Cobra Kai has done things. And I think Cobra Kai has been amazing. And without, I'm not giving anything away, but obviously season four has been announced and they're yep. excited about what's coming next. Um, have you started season three yet or you're not, you haven't even got there? No, you yet. know what? I got to go back and watch, um, I got to go back and watch season two. Oh, because, wow. And I, yeah, I haven't even started season three because I, I need to go back and watch because I watched season two like periodically. Um, right. So the timeline in my mind, the timeline is a little bit is a little bit messed up. So I want to go back and watch because I'm still remembering things from season one. Right. So right. I want to go back, watch season two. So I understand or uh, get a, a, a better grasp on the timeline of the story before jumping into like I'll jump right away into into season three. Listen, it's it's a great watch They're Yeah, they're continuing to pump out content for cobra kai and it's yeah it's incredible um and i'm just the only thing i'm gonna say is i love the fact that we consistently get familiar faces on the show oh that's it i'll I'll leave you with that without saying anything i don't want to when you when you see when you get to end of season three and you see the trailer for season four then i want you to dm me and be like damn i can't wait for this because it's gonna be it's gonna be bananas absolutely um, the last thing I want to talk about as we're wrapping up real quick is Toronto sports teams. It's It's been a tough year. It's been a yeah. tough year. Um, obviously, the Raptor fan base has never recovered since 2019. Obviously, you know we're still in sort of that championship hangover, as they call yeah. it. Another year where you know didn't qualify for the play-in uh, tournament and a lot of question marks, you know, Kyle Lowry, is he going to be back next year? What's our team going to look like? Are we going to spend some money? Are we going to make some big deals or are we going to go into the rebuilding phase? Is Masai going to be back? You know, very briefly, you know, what are your overall thoughts on this past season uh, for the Toronto Raptors? Um, I mean, it sucks, right? Obviously it sucks as a fan. It sucks that they couldn't play at home. Um, I truly do believe that, that the, a lot of, um, what happened with the team this year definitely had to do with them not being on their their home court. Um, you know, however you want to argue it, I think just psychologically, right? Like knowing your own building, knowing your own locker room, knowing the hallways in that building at Scotiabank Arena, I think definitely uh, for them not being able to do those things, the normal things that they would do, um, played a, a huge factor 
in what happened with the season. I mean, COVID hit the hit the team. COVID hit a lot of teams, right? Yeah. I just think it was just like a, a domino effect of like bad thing after bad thing after bad thing, injuries left, right, and center. I just think uh, that helped contribute to the downfall of the team. Um, you know, I hope Kyle Lowry stays. He's a great leader. Um, it, but it depends on where, where his, his heart is, right? Like, yep. you know, he's, he's always going to love Toronto. He's always going to love the fan base. He's always going to love the, the city and he's going to love the, the support that the entire country gave him. But at the end of the day, it's like, what does he, what does he not, not value, not value most, but like, what does he want? Does he want to keep playing for the love of the the team and striving for another ring or does he want to go to a team where he's going to get the support on the court that he needs to win another ring you know what for i mean sure. at the end of the day you can't just be one person on a team uh trying to lead and uh, all aspects of it aren't aren't gelling so it depends on on what it is he he wants or where he wants his career career to go next, right? Like if he's happy playing in Toronto and keep leading the guys and and helping to, to come up with a game plan and and helping them to um, build the plays and and be better every game, then that's great. Like if he wants, you know, the the goal is to bring another championship to the city, then like I support it all the way. But um, at the end of the day, you you also want to be happy, and I would never expect someone to. Uh, be miserable playing here because that'll show like on the court, right? For sure. That'll show in interviews. That'll just show like, you'll, you'll be able to read that on a guy's face. I want the guy to be happy. And if his uh, heart is not with the team or he doesn't like believe that he can uh, continue to lead the team with the way it is right now, then um, I guess we got to, you know, throw money at somebody else to come here and, uh, and, and be, be that guy, be that leader or be that support system. Or, you know, I think the Raptors need, um, I think the Raptors need a little bit more, uh, than just another Kyle Lowry. I think yep. the Raptors need not a full rebuild, but the right people who can work together and support each other. Um, I think that's the, that's kind of like the key thing. You don't just need one superstar. You need, um, you just need a team that can play together, right? And if there's a duo that we can trust in, it's Bobby Webster and Masai Ujiri. Like they, yeah. If there's if there's a duo that's going to do it, it's going to be them. Unlike their counterparts on the ice, who did not benefit from playing in their own building throughout oh the playoffs yeah. or the season, who gave up yet another three-one loss at home, nonetheless in Game Seven. You know the Toronto Maple Leafs, I do believe, are the most cursed franchise in the history of sports sorry not franchise cursed fan base in all of oh, sports because yeah, absolutely they'll sell out whether the rat the leafs are 0 and 82 or 82 no it doesn't matter the whole lower bowl yeah. sold out to businesses and all that fun stuff but their fan base year after year after year continue to go through just tragedy just when you think that they're going to do something amazing they find a way to break the hearts of their fan base what you, you're but you know what? We're going to go back. We always go back. That's the thing, though, right? Like, no matter how many times the Leafs break our heart, like, like we're going to go back and we're going to be hopeful and we're going to say, like, don't worry, we got you. We support you for as bad as you screwed up this year, right? Uh, we're still going to go back every year. We always go back. You see the, you know, pre-COVID, you see the arena. You see Scotiabank Arena. It's always sold out. It's always packed. 
yeah. right? No matter how terribly that team does in a season, they are always going to have a fan base. They're always going to have um, a loyal fan base. You're also always going to have a fan base that uh, that complains after every every loss, right? No matter how early or late into the season it is. Yeah, we just we just don't know what's good for us, and what's good for us is for us to let go. But we, as you said, we just can't. It's a generational thing. We've seen goodness out of this franchise that today's oh, generation hasn't, and they're probably thinking like, "Why the hell are we still fans of this team that have done nothing for us?" Yeah. But we know what it was like when we were growing up against Ottawa, Buffalo, the Islanders, the amazing seven-game series, Boston, yes. I mean, it's one day. One day before our kids are adults. I hope. And you know what? (laughs) Honestly, like William Nylander and Austin Matthews, they have a lot of... Uh, thinking to do and yeah. like you know they I think that they they screwed the team uh, horribly but like you know whatever who am I I'm just a fan I'm not <laughs> I'm not uh, I'm not in the business of hockey to know like what they did right and what they did wrong uh, what I do know that they did wrong is screw a 3-1 series lead right so someone's got to yeah. an answer to that and whether it's those two or the entire team or um, the plays that they were they were given um, people, you know, people will will answer those questions in the organization. Yeah, dominoes will definitely fall over the next couple of months as uh, yeah. as they look to figure out what's going to happen for 2021, 2022. Uh, listen, thank you so much for being here and so gracious with your time. You know, if people want to hit you up on social media, follow you or check out the uh, morning show, where can they find you? Where can they listen? Uh, so on social, it's Mocha Frap, M-O-C-H-A-F-R-A-P. That is on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you're in Toronto, it's at Kiss925. Uh, we are on weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. Or sorry, 6 to 10 a.m. in Toronto. And then the show is on across the country in northern Ontario. We're in Kingston. We're in Ottawa. Uh, we are in Winnipeg. We're in Vancouver. Uh, we're in Edmonton. So pretty much uh, everywhere we have a podcast as well if you're on apple Podcasts or spotify or frequency podcast network we've got um 200 like close to like 300 episodes now of our of our podcast to search for Roz and mocha and uh, you can get caught up on, on all our episodes we drop three episodes a week and uh, yeah that's uh, pretty much everything for the for the world of Roz and mocha just constantly creating content absolutely amazing uh for my guest mocha frap i'm your host julian ortiz the big old podcast and the Roz and mocha podcast are available yes. on apple podcast so make sure that you subscribe leave a review also available on spotify google podcast or wherever you get your podcast with full yeah. episodes available up on youtube so make sure that you subscribe and hit that notification button to stay up to date with the full future and, and real quick, real quick, I just want to say yeah. thank you as well to you for uh, for inviting me to be a part of the podcast. It's very exciting. It's always great talking to you. And uh, it's the second time we got a chance to do this. And I hope we get to maybe we make this like a yearly thing where we, we do an annual catch up. But uh, it's always great chatting with you. And it's always so much fun. And I love I love the uh, conversations that come out of this, man. Honestly. Yeah. And listen, I'll pencil you in 365 days from now. We'll uh, we'll make sure that we uh, that we do it again. Yeah, and who knows, by that time, my bedtime may actually move up again. I'll probably be at like 7 p.m. I'll be in bed. (laughs) (laughs) Cruz will be be getting ready to put you to bed. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I'm your host, Julian Ortiz. Thank you for watching and listening. Have a great day, everybody.